This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Friday, the 18th of November. Justin, investors can expect higher volatility in the share market over the next few weeks. Now, according to Monash University, when a country plays in a soccer World Cup game, we see a spike of trading before the game, then a drop during (laughs) the game, and a bounce after the final whistle. Fascinating humans, isn't it? Brett, ticketing websites are under siege globally right now. Okay. First, the Ticketek website crashed for thousands of fans lining up for Dua Lipa last week in Sydney. Okay. And more recently, Ticketmaster crashed when millions of fans tried to buy tickets for Taylor Swift's 2023 tour. Surely they've come to expect spikes in traffic? Surely, Jazzy Boy. Three stable stories today. Let's do it. For our first. David Jones's South African owners have celebrated a 55% increase in sales so far this financial year. Wow. Maybe they'll take DJs off the market now, Brett. <laughs> or maybe just fattening it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> what is the story? So we know David Jones as the iconic department store founded way back in 1838. In April 2014, Woolworth South Africa acquired David Jones for over two billion buckaroonies. But Jazzy Boy, it's fair to say DJ's performance over the past decade has been very underwhelming. As underwhelming as the more recent Batchy and Bachelorette. <laughs> but it seems like David Jones is turning a bit of a corner because its sales have jumped 55% since July. But Justin, despite the recent uptick in sales, DJ's is still up for sale. Because it seems like Woolworth's strategic acquisition of David Jones just hasn't paid off. Yeah, so what's the key learning here? A strategic acquisition is when one company purchases another with the hope that these two together can be more profitable than they would be by themselves. In other words, the sum is greater than the parts. And Brett, a strategic acquisition means that the combined companies can increase their buying power because they're buying more together. And on top of that, they can share know-how. Like knowledge of what works, what doesn't. But since the acquisition of David Jones, Woolworths has acknowledged a couple of big things. Firstly, there's a key business model difference. Their South African business sold their own branded goods, whereas DJs mainly sells other brands. And the second thing, is that Woolworths has realised that retailers are required to be locally relevant. And it's only taken them eight years to realise this. (laughs) So their plan for DJs to become the leading retailer across the whole Southern Hemisphere, just uh, not looking like it's going (laughs) to work. For our second story, Estee Lauder has acquired the Tom Ford brand for a whopping $2.8 billion after taking a particular interest in the company. Brand builder, film director, art collector, former Gucci designer. What can't this man do, Brett? Mm. Tell me more. So Tom Ford is a designer who made his name as the creative director for all things Gucci in the 1990s. Think Gucci clothes, perfumes, accessories, the whole kit and caboodle. And then he went off and created his own brand with the original name Tom Ford (laughs) in 2005. And Brett, now Estee Lauder has agreed to acquire Tom Ford's whole company for 2.8 billion US dollars. Now the interesting part is that they're most keen on the Tom Ford beauty business because perfumes have become a priority for Estee Lauder since the pandemic. Is that right? So what's the key learning here? Perfume is becoming a new cash cow for the luxury market. Get this, despite the pandemic causing us to lock down inside our homes, the premium fragrance industry actually saw a huge bump. You know, we're all seeking out those smaller luxuries. And our homes sure needed a new smell after being stuck inside (laughs) for 24 hours a day. Now, companies love selling fragrances because they're sticky, Mm -hmm. they're high margin, and the appeal is not season specific. So, Estee Lauder is hoping that Tom Ford perfumes become a lifetime long love for its customers. For our third and final story, Airbnb is turning its attention to improving the experience for hosts as it looks to build up the supply of accommodation on the platform. Ah, bless those super hosts on Airbnb, Brett, and their low, low cleaning fees, hopefully. (laughs) What is happening here? Okay, so Airbnb is obviously the OG online marketplace for short-term rentals, and they launched in 
2008. Since then, it's grown to over 12.7 million listings globally. Love a little stay in a quaint European <laughs> castle. Get this, B-Man. During the pandemic, Airbnb invested heavily in promoting its app to drive holidaymakers and work-from-anywhere employees. And it was pretty tough going. Their revenue declined 72% wow. in 2020. But with travel back big time post-pandemic, Airbnb has now had to shift its focus to its 4 million Airbnb hosts. Now first, it rolled out its anti-party technology. Mm. And now it's announced a range of features for hosts, like better onboarding, as well as insurance tools. And this is all part of managing the supply and the demand of a marketplace business. So what is the key learning here? Marketplace businesses are some of the most valuable globally, but are also some of the most challenging and complicated to get started. You've got the likes of Airbnb, of Uber, Amazon, and even Airtasker here in Australia. These businesses need to bring together two different groups. Those who have something to sell, in Airbnb's case, the hosts, and those who want to buy, the holidaymakers or business travellers. But Justin, Airbnb also needs to create a platform that makes it easy for hosts and travellers to connect with each other. And Brett, while in the past, they've been investing heavily in the travellers' side of its marketplace, the pendulum is now swinging back to investing in hosts. Mm. Justin, how good is that feeling when you know you've just got yourself a better deal, particularly on a financial product? In Australia, by switching products, the average person saves $8,000 a year, and we cover it all in the Flux app. Could be a home loan, it could be insurance, it could be a savings account. So if you want to get access to all this juicy information, make sure you and your company sign up for Flux at work. Head to flux.finance slash work, or you can also find us in the Flux app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Monday. Monday.